You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. To morning footy, Michelle Jingris alongside Nigel Ria Coker, Charlie Davies back again, and Alexis Guerreros. We've got a busy, busy show coming your way. Thanks so much for getting up early, waking up with us, starting your day with us. We love to have you. And guys, I'm a little nervous right now. I'm not going to lie. Like, I've been on morning footy. I've done the headlines, but this is my first time hosting. And this is your first time on the Galazzo Network in general. So... Any advice for us newbies as no, we get started No, you guys have settled here. in already. I, maybe just relax a little bit. I know no, no, no. Hold on. Just a little no, hold on. Actually, uh, Nigel, can I get a table for two? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, you know what? We have to all I'm saying is, this is me relaxed. Imagine if I actually made an effort. How you take out the garbage in a three-piece? This is ridiculous. Nigel, you look nice. You do look great. He for the occasion. Can you pull out your pocket watch for us? It's a British thing. I forgot the pocket watch at home. Well, we brought some supporters for you. Next time I wear velvet slippers. My guy pulled up like 008. We want to make you feel comfortable, you know what I'm saying? I'm very comfortable. Bro, you guys hear it? I hear it. Hear it? I hear it. Wow. You got the fans make you feel all right. There you go. I hear it. This is your Arsenal feel? supporters cheering you on. I should find I'm very familiar with that. No, oh, oh, wait, hold on. He, he went there, right? I know, I know. Can I just say, hold on, wait, was it, was it, wait, West Ham were the last team to beat Arsenal at Highbury and the first team to beat them at the Emirates, right, to break that run? How was the parade for that? It was great. Was it, it fun? It was fun. <laughs> the captain's armband in both games felt great, too. Well. Just you know. hey, that's go. pretty good. Go. That's right. pretty dope, actually. That's kind of fun. Give it right fire. back early. That's what we like to see on a Monday morning. Lots of games over the weekend, though. Talk about, guys. Before, I guess, we dive in, obviously, the headliner, the U.S. men's national team with another dominant performance. I know we were all watching that game. <laughs> you gave a little wink there, Charlie. Come on. What are your takeaways from that performance? You play who's whoever shows up at the stadium and the, the U.S. men's national team are, are doing their job. This is what we were supposed Scoring to goals. do. Let's go. Come I, on. I don't care who, who it, what their ranking is in, in FIFA because there's a lot of supporters who are, are trying to find negatives in these performances. B.J. Callahan is showing up. Uh, what I love about the, the back line is this was the best back line I think he, he could pick with the, mm -hmm. the players available. You like Jalen Neal in there? I, I like Jalen Neal in there. Miles Robinson getting a half. Dewan Jones, uh, for me, looks really good. There's not a, a backup for Antti Robinson, so someone who can, who can step in and not only defend but get in behind as, uh, down the left flank. And then Brian Reynolds, I think, has been a surprise. He's look, he looks good. I, I'm... I'm hopeful that he gets a move where he can play yeah. considerable uh, next next season. My in, boy James in, in Sands. 
Mm-hmm. James Sands has looked good. Stop it. <laughs> Come on. I mean, no. Uh, no. He's looked he's, good. He's looked good for James Sands. Stop but, uh, it. In, in terms you get of, asked to do a job, and he's done a job. Okay. But in terms of other players who have I'm not saying he's gone to the top of the depth okay. chart. But I'm he's surprised you guys ain't speaking to the best bright spark for me in Cal. Kyle, for me, Kyle, Kyle was he's a beast. unbelievable player. He has great potential. Wait, you, you think he's a bigger bright start than Jesus Ferrer? I think so, yeah. I think he's a real big catalyst. He gives something, gives the U.S. national team a different dynamic. I've watched him play for San Jose. The energy that he has, what he brings, and he's getting better. The more games he plays, the better he's actually mm-hmm. getting. If he can improve decision-making in the final third... There's great potential in that kid. I saw some great decision in the final third, actually for the first time in a while, because mm-hmm. I do think he tends to be a little tentative, probably because of the stature he has. He doesn't have the seniority on the team. I'm assuming that's what it is. Uh, but he showed a real knack for trying to test the keeper, get shots on goal, really put the defenders on their back heel. It was really nice to see from Well, that's Kate like Cowell. what B.J. Callahan was saying. I think maybe it, it resonated with all of these players. Just find ways to contribute any way that you can. You know, be decisive in the final third. Right. Don't really second-guess yourself, because this really is your opportunity to go ahead and make an impact, make a statement, and show what you can do. I mean, you mentioned Jesus Ferrer. We have to mention him back-to-back hat-tricks. And I know mm-hmm. we'll talk about him a little bit more in the show, but what a performance. And, and you, you did mention, you know, people will – the haters are going to hate. They're going to talk about the 100%. level of competition. They're going to talk about all of that. Nico. But we were talking about this before <laughs> <Nico>. the show. <laughs> to, to score back-to-back hat-tricks at this level of competition – is significant within itself. It's, and it's, it's a first significant. half. A first half mm-hmm. hat trick. Uh, that, that doesn't even mean anything for me. Really? A hat trick's a hat trick. I bet it's, I'm saying. At, at the so international it, level. It doesn't matter who you're there playing. Are, there are a number of people that say, I've seen on, on, on Twitter, context here. Context. They're playing this guy. That, well, we've seen the U.S. men's national team play Barbados and Trinidad and Jamaica and Haiti before, and people have not scored hat tricks. Mm-hmm. This is this is a, a clinical performance from Jesus Ferrer in terms of these past two matches, putting himself in the right spots and just executing. Mm-hmm. When you when you are at, in a rhythm, in form, that's what Jesus Ferrer is, is doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to argue. Anything but this is the guy right now, right, for, for the Gold Cup. This is the, the player that mm-hmm. feels like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and you have to respect it. And, and for me, yeah, of course, you, as a player, you got to improve, and you have to play against the bigger teams and, and have these type of performances. Mm-hmm. But I think going to the World Cup, playing 45 minutes in that game against the Netherlands, not doing well, it only fuels you and gives you – a, a better perspective and an experience to build from because now you want that, that mm-hmm. moment again. You want that opportunity, and I think that's only going to help him in the long run. Do you think that he's found that ruthlessness that's needed there now at international level? Do you think yeah. that he's, he's got to get his confidence levels up to really believe in himself and show that he can be ruthless at the highest level? I think the meter's sliding that way, and part of it was the we finally saw a bit of character from him in how maybe I don't want to use anger or disrespect because I don't know how the man was feeling, but... There was something about the, the buzz that Balogun was getting, the hype that Balogun was getting, that I think ignited something in him. You know, he posted a tweet and deleted it right away. I'm not exactly sure what, what that means. You can look into <laughs> yeah, it. You I know mean, what it means. I talked about it on the show. I know what it means. But I know what it means from my, you know, born and raised in Newark <laughs> viewpoint, and that's smoke. This dude wants smoke. He wants to prove he's that guy. I think this 
what he should be looking for out of how he's played in this is a move to Europe to prove mm -hmm. himself at a higher level than currently is at MLS, just to show he's that guy. Bro, if you want to be that guy, you got to go be that guy. Yep. It's, it's going to take time. Yeah. Right. Lots more Gold Cup action coming our way later on in the show. But uh, let's move on a little bit. Alexis, what did you keep an eye on this weekend? Uh, there was a lot. But the first a thing I want to. Yeah, there was a lot of news. One thing, I want to congratulate you, buddy. Yes, big Boston news. Boston College Hall of yes. Fame. Congratulations. Thank Come you. on. Thank you. Chaz. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a. I was floored. Um, you know, you don't play the game to think about honors or you think about a legacy. You know, I have uh, twin boys, seven years old, and I'm trying to be the best role model and example I can be for them. And and you know, to to see you know them uh, at at this award ceremony in, in October, to to kind of bring them back to where it all started, where I met uh, my wife, their their mother, and and um, it, it's uh, it's special. I was going to say, you know, you, you played for a long time. You've definitely collected achievements, accomplishments, accolades along the way. But you kind of touched on it just now. This was early on in your career. And, and so to be honored in this way, the significance of it for you, before you blew up and became who you did become, what does it mean? Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's hard to describe what it means to me just because of my, my journey. You know, I, I, I came from nothing. Uh, my, my, neither of my parents went, went to college and got a degree. So uh, this was the first opportunity to go to a Division I program, um, which is a step in, in the process of can I become a professional footballer, right? That, that's the goal. To get a full ride scholarship is probably up there for any parent in, in the United States. Oh, my kid doesn't have to pay for school. And then as you're playing, you realize, oh, I, I'm ready for more and I want more. And the opportunity to get a first-class education at BC, um, meet my wife there, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the start of my foundation. So it, it's, a, it's a magical moment. And also the, the, some of the inductees that I'm, I'm going into the Hall of Fame with, too, uh, we had overlapped. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be... It's got to feel like a full circle moment in a lot of it ways, is. right? It is. Um, and Boston's my city. We all know Boston. <laughs> Boston is me. Unfortunately, uh, man. You love that city. I'm, also, a, I'm can, a New England guy. Can we talk through about the sleeve? Can we pull that photo back up? Can we just talk about the size of the sleeve on this man? Look at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I, is, I don't know if you can peep That the, was like the style, though, I think, wasn't boots? it? It was the kangaroo leather vapors. And the pop collar, um, you know, I always had the collar popped, but uh, this this was um, this was a fit though. This, this was the for that era. Day. This was yeah, a this, fit. <laughs> I was vibing. You got that off, bro. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank Massive. You. All right, other news uh, around the world of soccer, I guess. Timothy Weah officially to Juventus. What do you this make is, of this? This is huge. Hey, his dad's favorite team. That's, that says something, right? George Way is mm -hmm. an important guy. But we talked a little bit about it um, when you were here last uh, the week prior. This is a big step for, for Tim. This is a big step for U.S. soccer, getting to show yourself at a higher level than where he was playing before. France, I think, is incredible. I think he showed out. Moving him to different positions, I think, worried me a little bit towards the end of the season. So now coming into Juventus, being given that opportunity to take over Quadrado's spot, it looks like he's on the outs. That's a big responsibility for someone like Tim Weah, and I think it shows well just how important and how well this man has played for the U.S. men's national team and for Lille. The reality of him going to there is the perfect timing because really and truly Juventus are in a rebuild phase right now, mm -hmm. and the thing that I like about it is it's the demands that's going to be put on him because when you put on that Juventus shirt, there's it's an heavy. extra burden or pressure of mm -hmm. performance, and now it's really to see what 
the levels are going to be for where Timothy Weir, how far he can go. Can he really handle that burden of pressure for playing for the old lady? Mm -hmm. I'm curious to, to know what you think about a, a player like Timothy Weir who is, has been an attacking player for most of his, his youth career, all of a sudden switching to being a, a, a right back, a left back, and, and now transitioning back to an attacking role with the U.S. men's national team in this past Nations League, but looks like a player with, with, with character and poise and composure and experience that arguably was the best player in this Nations League run against Mexico and Canada. But how do you see him making that transition from being a wingback at Juve and hopefully continuing to get playing time and then coming back and playing as an attacker with, with the U.S. men's national team? I think it should be fine. If you're a student of the game, the modern game now, the reality of it is, you have to be versatile. All these kids that are being coached are being coached to be versatile players, but you get the best out of him being an attacking-minded player. That's where he needs to really focus on. And again, now at Juventus, at this higher level of football, it's going to be under this, a lot more scrutiny. It's the end product. That's what he's got to realise. He's got to do his job, but he's got to always continue to deliver that great end product going to be expected to score goals to take his game to that next level. I think he's got all the ability, he's got all the attributes to do it, but now it's down for him to really have that desire to want to do it. Yeah, and Cross is coming in on a guy like Lahovic. He'll, yeah. he'll sink those goals in. You've got to get him the ball. If he's able to get that guy the ball, he's going to be just fine. There could potentially be four members of the U.S. men's national team playing in Serie A. Yeah. Leading up to the World Cup, how critical is it for these guys to get minutes and how likely is it that they might see the playing time that they need and, and get that familiarity and comfort at the next level? Well, it's, it's, it's everything. Mm. Going into a World Cup, you need to be playing. There's no more, I'm at a big club, but I'm sitting on the bench and I, and I train. No, everyone knows the importance to continue to, to move up to fulfill your potential. The only way that's happening is by playing in, in top competition. So if it happens to be, they're all in Serie A, mm -hmm. Great, because Serie A is a fantastic competition. We've seen just in Europe how all the Italian teams performed. Yeah, they get to finals and lose, yeah. Uh, but they're getting there. <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting there. But you, you, you see, I think, with an opportunity if, you know, obviously Christian Pulisic and Yunus Musa, if they were to go to AC Milan, big, big shoes to fill in, in those positions, at, both in the right wing for Brahim Diaz and centrally, uh, for Yunus Musa, but I think they, they have the ability to do it, mm -hmm. right? And then Timothy Weah has to just perform because you're in a Juve shirt, every match you got to defend and then you got to have that end product, the crossing, some chipping chip in with some goals. But I think it's a league where Americans can do well. Mm -hmm. All right. Good stuff, guys. We're rolling right along on this Monday morning when we come back. Ali Trost-Martin joins us with the headlines. But like I said, lots to talk about, guys. So stick with us on Morning Footy. We're just getting started. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. 
Welcome back to Morning Footy. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, was caught hanging with Vinny Jr. at Flamenco the other day over the weekend. He also posted on his Instagram as well, Vinny dressing up as a Minnesota Vikings player. They went head-to-head, football-to-football. This is something we love to see, but you were saying back in the day this wouldn't be something that we'd see oh, no. frequently. Back in the day, it was a lot more competitive nature. You know, there was a lot more aggression sport there. Sport to sport. Back when sport he was to sport, in the 50s. We, uh, 50s. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. And if, if we were throwing... <laughs> they had to stop for the war, the war drills. Yeah, true. We had to get, get in the bunker, we have to say. But if we were playing get against each in. other, I would not be smiling against you. I would be wanting to take your head off. I would nice get you way. to crack. You what? Yeah, I would get you, you to crack You wouldn't. Style. You wouldn't. For so sure. I'll be more worried about my manager ripping my head off than you, <laughs> so I'm not cracking for you. No chance. Allie, how are you? I'm great. I'm, now I'm just wondering if Nigel played American football, what position would he play? Oh, that's a great. That's a okay, great that's question. question. Uh, just knowing I'll be a quarterback. I'd say punter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Different opinions on the Quarterback all the way. <laughs> Backup kicker, dude. He would be crushing it. Well, hey, I'll let you guys chew on that one while we get into the headlines. And we've been following this Americans move in a few of our shows. And now it is officially official. USMNT winger Timothy Weah has signed with Juventus, joining the Bianconeri from French side Lille for an initial fee of $11.2 million. In his four seasons with Lille, Weah made over 100 appearances and won the league title in 2020 in an upset win over PSG. Timothy Weah follows in his father's footsteps in this move to Syria, where his father, George, a Ballon d'Or winner and the current president of Liberia, was a Milan legend. And in more signing news, Liverpool completed the signing of Dominic Soboslai from RB Leipzig. The 22-year-old Hungarian scored 20 goals and had 22 assists in 91 games with Leipzig, helping the club win back-to-back German Cups. And Spain and Barcelona legend Andreas Iniesta said goodbye to Japanese football on Saturday following his first league start of the season. Iniesta joined the Japanese league club Kobe in 2018 after his departure from Barcelona. And even though the midfielder has played less and less throughout his tenure in Japan, he has given no indication of what is next in his career. And Patrick Vieira has officially been appointed head coach of Strasbourg on a three-year deal. The France International has had coaching since at NYCFC in Major League Soccer, French side Nice, and most recently at Crystal Palace, where he was appointed as head coach in 2021. And finally, we've got a legend hanging up the boots. Former Spain, Arsenal, Barcelona, and Chelsea midfielder Cesc Fabregas announced his retirement on Sunday, ending a 20-year career. This past season, he played in Serie B with Como and will stay on with the club as their youth coach. Fabregas won two European championships with Spain in 2008 and 2012, as well as the World Cup in 2010. Charlie, you're an Arsenal guy. Where does Fabregas rank for you amongst uh, (laughs) players in the club? I mean, you say only Charlie. There's more than just Charlie here. Yeah. There's more than Charlie here. There's three Arsenal guys here. Charlie. No, not three. I'm an Arsenal, Arsenal fan, but we'll, we'll start there and then uh, So Nigel. there's four. Don't yeah, come here. Don't come here. Uh, incredible talent. I mean, for him to have stepped into that Arsenal side at 17 years old, Amazing. I mean, he, he was phenomenal. And I got a chance to, to play against him in the Confederations Cup. And, and I just remember his movements. He was so intelligent. Never had pace or strength. But what separated him was his first touch, his vision, and his movement. Just out of midfield, one of the, one of the best of, of our generation.
Yeah, very aware. Top class player. Played against us a few times. Really, really good player. So aware in his positioning. Great football intelligence. As you said, his first touch, his movement. He wasn't that slow, actually. He was deceptively actually quite quick. But he was very clever. Came into Arsenal's system and uh, true star. Do you think his cleverness maybe played a role in him being able to have the kind of career that he had, the longevity that he had, just being able to kind of keep his body going for as long as he was able to and to be effective so late in his career as well? Yeah, I think he's one of those players that didn't need to run into space. He always mm -hmm. kind of found it, even at a young age. Um, I mean, he was such an important player for Arsenal, especially in the era that he played. I remember it broke my heart when he wanted to leave. Supposedly he cried in Wenger's office and wanted to go back home mm -hmm. to Barcelona. I just remember thinking, like, this is the type of player we need more of, not less mm -hmm. of in this team. So he, to me, he was, he was kind of him, Santi Cazorla. There's a couple of players where I'm like, this is Wenger ball. Knows exactly where to ping it. Very sly. Uh, Mar uh, um, uh, Mesut Ozil, if he would have played a bit longer under, under Wenger. I think also, to me, that's Wenger ball, is that type of midfielder. Creative, pull strings. You never know where, the, where he's going to sort of find that. He has that vision that no one else had on the pitch. I, I think when you're a midfielder like a Fabregas who doesn't rely on athleticism as much as, you know, you look at a, a Xavi Iniesta mm -hmm. in, in that mold mm -hmm. of players who are just super, Luka Modric, mm -hmm. super smart yeah. with how they extend oh. themselves in the midfield. They don't overdo it. They, they control the tempo, so you're playing at their pace, and they're just super intelligent. Well, it's coming through the, the Barcelona Academy, really. You got poached at Barcelona Academy, and it was the style of coaching mm -hmm. and the Barcelona way, the Catalan way of how they mm -hmm. coach their kids to come through. And it was just perfect timing for him, going to that Arsenal team. And I remember seeing so many of those players come through there at Arsenal, and the talent was just coming. It was just never-ending talent consistently, and they played football. They changed the game of football and how it was played in England. No, we never saw football played like that until Arsene Wenger came to Arsenal. When, when you played against Fabregas, where does he rank in terms of midfielders you had to mark and, and, and cover and, and also he's, prevent from getting on the ball? He's up there. He's up there with Modric. You know, he's just one of those players that they've got it all. He's like, it was like a bit of Paul Scholes. He's got all the attributes and he was just such a top player. And you, you really had to pay attention to him. And for me, as a manager, you'd have to say, when he's on the ball, you've got to close him down. You don't want him to have time and space. You don't want him to have his head up. But it was so difficult because he had all the pieces around him to be so successful. But he is up there as one of the greats of the Premier League. You mentioned his clever mind. You kind of alluded to his thoughtfulness as well. How do you think he transitions as a coach now? How do you think he'll fare? I think so. You know, I recently saw a clip where somebody asked him if he was a legend. And he said, no, I'm just one. I'm a member of a team. And there's something about that statement that was like, yeah, no, he's ready to be a coach. That sort of, you know, I think coaches, especially now that there's so much so much spotlight on the type of, you know, tactics they want to play, their style, you know, the Guardiolas and stuff where they almost become a little bit bigger than the team. And so I'm not saying Guardiolas, but, you know, people tend to focus a lot more on managers. But he is. Cesc, yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. But Cesc Fabregas seems to me like someone who's like, we're all in this together. He, it, to him, it's, he's part of the 11 on the pitch. So there's something about that that I like. I'm willing to see. But, I'm, you know, people that were that creative and that good, I don't always think make great managers because it's like, you're not as good as I used to be. You have to manage ah, players. See, I, li I like you going into that. I like yeah. talk, talk about some of your mates that have made that transition. Like how difficult it is, how you have to rediscover this, this talent as a coach. You got to put your career to the side, the mm -hmm. ego to the side, be empathetic, and then also working your way up from, from a youth setup in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. Well, some of them don't really do the youth setup, do they? They just go straight into it. The biggest thing about management now in the modern game is communication. 
And one thing is, it's great that you know as a player what you would do in these situations, but you've got to get the players to understand what you want. That's the difficult thing, getting that message across. This generation is completely different as well. You have to be a people's person. You have to be skilled to be able to read the room and be able to understand what works for you might not work for you. And that's something that a lot of top players find hard to do because if you're not a great people person, you're not going to succeed as a manager. And I know some stories of top players that you're all very aware of in situations that they've had in dressing rooms because they're not that great people person. They're great football players, but they're not great football people mm -hmm. to get their message across, whether it's a young player or senior player. So you've got to get that balance right. Like You'll tell us in the break, right? <laughs> I'll tell you I'm not going to tell you now. No names. Hey, I'm not no snitch. This is not from New York. I didn't tell you to snitch. Snitch is during the break. Stories I said early on here. We do have to take a short break, guys. When we come back, we're previewing lots of, or I guess not previewing anymore, looking back at lots of Gold Cup action that took place over the weekend. That's when we return on Morning Footy. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. It says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Busy weekend of Gold Cup. Here's a look at Sunday's results. Jamaica with the 5-0 victory. The United States also winning 6-0 over Trinidad and Tobago. Honduras with a 2-1 win over Haiti. And Mexico losing to Qatar. Oof, that was a rough one. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more, just the Mex this Mexican team and what we saw from them early on and, you know, maybe what looks going forward now. But here's a look at the group standings. The United States in first place on goal differential, but tied with Jamaica in points, then Trinidad and Tobago in third place, St. Kitts and Nevis in fourth with no points as well. So let's dive in first, starting talking about this group A, the standings. I want to talk a little bit about Jamaica, but first we got to talk about this U.S. men's national team and this decisive win again, taking care of business and getting the victory. What stood out to you most, Charlie? Let's start with you. Well, one, one thing that stands out to all of us is Jesus Ferreira's finishing mm -hmm. ability, his quality, quick release, his movement. What I love from Jesus Ferreira is that he scores the hat trick. There's no celebration. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I'm doing my job. Yep, they had the, they had the shot. It, he, he didn't, oh, it's, it's hard enough to score a hat trick. Back-to-back -back hat tricks in the international stage I don't need no context. Just that, that's an incredible accomplishment. And this is a player who's been through it because he's been dragged for far too long. Whenever mm -hmm. he gets a call up with the U.S. Men's National Team, it's not good enough. It's not, he's not, and I've been one to say he, he's had opportunities and he hasn't shown. He hasn't taken it. But he's still young. And what I love about him is he keeps pushing. He doesn't let it hold him back because we've seen too many players who are mm -hmm. maybe a, a little bit 
uh, they struggle when, whenever there's some adversity. Mm -hmm. With him, he, he only fe feeds into it, and he keeps pushing himself, and he wants more. And so I, I, I'm really impressed with how he's carrying himself, knowing that he's got Ricardo Pepe ahead of him, and yep. Flaren Balligan ahead of him. And also, but he wants to be in the conversation. The, the question for me is like, you know, there's people that you see it on Twitter, you see the commentary, and they're like, well, it's against this, it's against that. What more is asked of him? You're okay. being given an opportunity, you're leading the line in a competition where, yeah, your A squad is not, but you bring him in to score goals. The guy gets back to back hat tricks. What more do you want to say, regardless of who's the player in front of him, regardless of what the what the badges the other team is wearing, what more do you want to see from this guy? He's literally answered all the questions you've had. Now it becomes, where do you sit on that depth chart? It's not good enough for me to be above Balogun, but you're asking Pepe some questions now. Mm -hmm. What do you think is his best position then? Because the argument I've heard is that no one really knows what his best position is. Is he a traditional number nine? Is he a number 10? Or would you put him out wide? That's the question that people Not ask. I, I think he is a nine. Yeah. You think he's right? a nine? But it depends in what team, what the system is within that team, yeah. and who he plays for. So if, if he's only going to make a, a jump into this U.S. Women's National Team A team to be in that con a real consideration to get playing time, he's got to make a move to Europe. And in a youth move to Europe, he's not going to play in the English Premier League as a nine. He's not going to fit that system. But could he go to La Liga? Could he go to Portugal? Could he go to the Netherlands? Could he go to a Bundesliga team and, and What about with the, within the men's national team? If you're, it's a great question, where does he sit? And I've heard from uh, some people that, you know, he prefers that sort of floating behind a center forward. Yeah. He wants that sort of like how Luis Suarez used to play. Like, all right, you go stand up there and I'm kind of roam around. I don't think he's good enough for the wings. I'd rather see him centrally because I think that's where you can exploit a lot of his, his uh, skill set. He doesn't have like... Lightning pace. Down, He's not down beating down anybody as a, as a winger. Yeah. Right? But the problem is in men's national team, and you could speak to this. Who's he beating? What, I mean, yeah, you want to be floating. We're not taking. We we have so many midfielders. We're not taking a midfielder out to have Jesus Ferreira floating behind the center uh, center forward. So you're going to have to be a nine. You're going to have to lead the line because he's not he's not playing in any other position for the U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah. nine, right? So given that context. How can you play? How do you adjust? Because at the international level, if you can't come and check into space because there is no space for you to check in and maybe you're taking away an opportunity for someone else, you have to play higher. Yeah. And I'd like to see him focus on staying high as a nine and playing off the sh back shoulders and, and finding those, those channels when, when it's on instead of checking all the time so much because it comes to, becomes too predictable. Mm -hmm. And when you're too predictable and you're, you're kind of one-dimensional, then you're not going to have the same effect as a goal scorer. You need to be in the box. You need yeah. to be pushing the line. And I think that's where he could improve playing with the U.S. Men's National. I think you make a great point. I think tactics-wise as well, it make, because of how he plays, he's not going to be a target man. You can't go long to him to expect him to hold up the ball and bring the team up. So like you said there, he should really study a Luis Suarez and where he drifts mm -hmm. into space mm -hmm. and really continue to push and play high up but not being comfortable standing next to a defender. Mm -hmm. Natural-born finisher, he is Mr. FC Dallas. Like, without yeah. him, they are struggling. And uh, you're right, every game you play is like a final. And him scoring a hat-trick is massive. And maybe, maybe more confidence now to try to deviate a little bit from what's comfortable for him now that he's seen that he is able to perform at this level. Obviously, he probably knew that as well. But to get this validation with back-to-back hat-tricks is helpful as well. You also mentioned Cade Cowell as a player that stood out to you. Uh, Jalen Neal made back-to-back -back starts. But now it's the knockout stage. So changes can be made. Is there anyone that you want to see in this lineup as they go into the uh, elimination rounds? I'm, 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 
we know we're not changing the keeper and we're not, <laughs> not changing the back line. I'm curious I want to it. see what, what I'm going to say, but I want, yeah, I want to hear. Well, what are we well, got? I'm not going to change anything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, right. anything. One player that has underperformed is, is Zendejas. Zendejas, yes. Alex yeah, Zendejas has really underperformed because coming into this U.S. Women's National Team program as a dual national, you make the switch from, from Mexico to the United States. I felt that the pressure was on him mm. to show that he has that quality to be with the A-team, to to earn some minutes. And sticking with this Gold Cup team, because he didn't get any minutes with the Nations League squad, that this could be his tournament to show that, show his quality. And it feels like he's just been struggling to, yeah. to do too much, not getting the, the, the pass, the accurate passes right, shots, that influence that you would need from someone who's trying to, to show, show well. And it's, I think the frustration's only taking his, his performances backwards. But do you think it's just because he's trying too hard? That's the thing he feels, because obviously he feels like the pressure's on, so he needs to perform, but then now he's over trying and he's not really showing how much of a good player he is. So will well, you not give him a bit more time? Nigel, here's what I'm gonna say. We ain't got time for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got a World Cup coming up in this country. We ain't got time for you to try too hard. You need to, especially if you're, if you're not getting minutes on the A squad and then you sort of drop down a level to get to this uh, Gold Cup squad, you gotta be the one shining. You gotta be the one showing me something. You gotta be the one everyone's like, yo, and I'm not seeing that. A player that I didn't think had it and is showing me that is Gianluca Busio, bro. He's kind of showing me something. I thought, man, he was going to miss a step. I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, sort of, uh, he was going to be a little bit tentative. And yeah, it's not perfect, but I'm seeing those glimpses where I'm like, oh, okay. He can be the guy that sort of connects those lines. He can be the guy that sort of advances the attack. You don't believe in what I'm saying here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I just, I see what you're saying. Uh -huh. It's, it's, Better from Busio than what we've seen over the I past. I expected nothing. Over the I past two years. I dropped that bar as low as possible. But, um, I think Georgie Mihailovic is the one that stands mm -hmm. out to me in the he's, field. He's a he's an instant start. Him and Sands, first two names on my list. I think him going to to the Dutch league and playing at uh, Azet Alkmaar, not really getting as much playing time as you'd hope, but just seeing that quality because his last season at Montreal. The question marks around him were his, his physicality. Can, can, he, can he get hit in the midfield? Mm -hmm. Can he break through? Can he Because he, he's always made intelligent movements, but it some, seemed like when games got physical and my man Najarie Coker is coming at you to get stuck in, he shies away. He hides. You don't find him. But in that last season of Montreal, it seemed like he finally turned the corner with Wilfred Nancy. Mm -hmm. And now going to, to Europe, you feel that you've got to take it a whole other step. And... I feel like he's on the cusp of being that player who, who has a different profile than some of the other midfielders that we have in that position. What do you think led to that step, like helped him make such a significant leap where you're really noticing a difference now in how he, his presence on the field that we weren't seeing in the same way before? I think it's the team. Uh, a head coach in Wilfred Nancy who wants to play, mm -hmm. so keeping the ball. And then you're, you're playing with Victor Wanyama. So when you have that experience in training every day, someone who can help you lead by example, also talk to you and say, hey, this is how you do it, and this is what I've seen in, in terms of players I've played with, mm -hmm. it's gonna make a massive jump for you. How and, you not learn to be physical in the midfield with Victor Wanyama in training? Well, you're gonna learn real quick. <laughs> that's a big boy right there. So uh, that's, that's where I've seen, I, I think, the most progress from Georgie uh, Mihailovic, and he's nowhere near his potential. Mm -hmm. You watch him and you go, much better, and he keeps getting better, mm -hmm. but you know he has a long way to go, which is, which is very encouraging. Yes. Yeah. I'm surprised Especially. you didn't say Dewan Jones. Well, that, oh, we I, about about him. Him. Yeah. I like Jones a lot. What do you yeah. like about him? I like everything about him. He is the modern-day fullback, can get up and down, 
But what he's good at is defensively, you can rely on him. Mm -hmm. Now, I've seen a lot of fullbacks come out of US, US nation, but defensively, they're questionable. Great game forward, but Jones, I like him a lot. Defensively, he can defend, he can get forward. He's another player that's got great potential, and I love watching him play for, for New England. Yeah, he had really a shot did. in the second half where I was like, please go in, because he had a good game. Yeah, I wanted it, that to go it, in for it kinda, him. It got yeah. away from him oh. coming to his And right. He saw it, too. He got angry at himself for the shot, which is something you like to see. Like, he wants to mm -hmm. take that step. The one's yeah. a real deal. Yeah. He's but the one? He's the one. Oh, you were waiting for that one, innit? You were waiting for that one, innit? He gave me the side eye on that one. Um... The other group, uh, the other team in Group A, <laughs> Jamaica, uh, how much of a threat are they in the knockout round? The biggest threat you're we make have. It, you're making me laugh, eh? You don't know. You don't know. Mikel Antonio, <laughs> your boy, absolute beast. beast. <laughs> when you have him flanked with Gray and, Leon and Bailey, Bailey. Bailey. Ooh, it's... It. it's it's always going to be a difficult proposition for a back line. Mm -hmm. and, and I think they've, with, with a manager who has had international experience with Iceland and, and just bringing them together, giving them kind of an identity, Andre Blake and goal, it, they're a strong team. I, and they are definitely ones to watch for the rest, throughout the rest of this tournament. Charlie, listen, Jamaica for me, being honest, they're an absolute sleeping giant. The amount of talented players that they've got all over the world if they put the politics aside from the Football Federation and actually got their act together... That's a big if. They would, yeah, that's a massive That's if. a big if. They will be frightening. They have got an abundance of talent. Like, playing in England, we played against so many um, dual nationals, the Jamaican heritage that could have played for the national team, but there was so much politics, but now finally they're starting to get together. You look at the experience in that team mm -hmm. and the firepower, they are a real threat, and they're really starting to come together. And if they could continue in that same way in a positive manner... They could really cause some waves in this area. You know, there's, there's so many questions about the U.S., all the competition they're playing. You know, Jamaica playing the same competition. Yep. And everyone's talking about them. Like, I, I think if those three front three can click, they're a much more dangerous team. I think they become the biggest competition we have, even past Canada. I think mm -hmm. Canada, especially without their, their biggest stars. But again, this is Jamaica's A squad. They play St. Kitts and, and Nevis just like we did. They play Trinidad and Tobago just like we did. It looks like they'll probably go up either against Canada or maybe Gua Guatemala or Guadalupe. Guadalupe that is uh, leading uh, Group D right now. Mm -hmm. That, that's, Canada, I think, poses the biggest threat to them. If they beat Canada, then I'll be like, okay, then they for real. Mm -hmm. But for right now, I don't know yet. But Canada, I mean, we don't have time to get to it, so I'm not, we're not going to talk too much about this now, but Canada's in a lot of trouble as well. I Very mean, beatable. Yeah, man. Very beatable. If there was a time to beat this Canadian team, this could be that time. Yeah. Talk about because they don't have money? That's a f <laughs> oh, no. No. Because they're struggling. Yeah. They're, they're, they're struggling back, They're right back now. line. Uh, they're... It's in a, a weird transition right now because defensively, defensively, I didn't think they were that great to begin with, but they had a, a sensational World Cup qualifying campaign. And then the World Cup kind of got found out. Now, Steven Vittoria is a little bit older. He never had pace anyway, anyways, but it, it feels like they're trying to move on from him. So you're trying to figure out what this back three looks like. And Alistair Johnson has had been extreme, ext uh, played with extreme quality with Celtic and in MLS as a right back, now playing as a right center back with Kamal Miller as a left center back, you're trying to figure out what, what does that puzzle look mm -hmm. like? Who, who can they play as that center back in the back three and they haven't found him yet? We're gonna try to dive into that conversation a little bit more later on in the show, but we gotta take a short break.
chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.